0: Interrupting our usual program today, we share a conversation from Pictet Asset Management, a webcast megatrend series where Pictet experts discuss megatrends from social demographic, environmental and technological forces of change that are reshaping our world. Today we'll be discussing the critical role investors can play in safeguarding nature and exploring emerging opportunities to restore the health of the biosphere. Our guests today are Professor Beatrice Grona from Stockholm Resilience Centre, Gabriel Micheli, Head of the Global Environmental Opportunity Strategy at PICTE Asset Management and Steve Friedman, Sustainability and Research Manager in the Thematics Equity Team at PICTE Asset Management.
1: How do we cope with rising populations and the need to, to feed billions of people, or more, you know, the billions of people that will, you know, or the growth in population that will come over the next few years?
2: So I think um, there are those that would say that there's not enough food to feed a growing world. I think what science tells us at the moment is that it's feasible to feed uh, potentially up to 10 billion people. The Eat Lancet Commission uh, that came out in 2019 showed that you can actually feed both healthy and sustainable diets to 10 billion people. And so I think the science would say that that's not the issue. The issue is how we do it, what we grow where, how we grow it, what kinds of practices we use, how we use technology and precision agriculture and so on. And yeah, how we use the scarce resources. But of course, no one can say for sure, but I think the science shows that we can do it without these uh, potentially highly vulnerable monocultures as well. But I think to some degree we probably will need to use uh, monocultures and we certainly do need uh, industrial-scale cropping systems. I'm not, I'm not challenging that, but um, there are ways that we can do things much better.
1: Which is, um, based on the ecosystem services which Beatrice which Triss um, talked about in her presentation, what have been the attempts so far to put a value on biodiversity? And what are the kinds of risks that companies, either individually or in aggregate, face uh, as biodiversity is lost? And I guess on the flip side, what are the opportunities for the companies that are preventing biodiversity loss and or restoring biodiversity? So on the
3: first question, uh, on the value of biodiversity, there are many attempts, and we saw before on the slides, the, the range of the value that we attribute to biodiversity and ecosystem services is very is very wide. So it's difficult to give you know, a number that is very clear. Um, there, is, there are some attempts like World Economic Forum mentions that about half of the global uh, economy is dependent on nature and its services. So it's a very l- l- large amount. Boston Consulting Group came up with a number of that the value of, of, of nature would be around 150 trillion which is about twice the, the, the size of the yearly uh, global GDP. So it's quite a, quite a large number. And the World Bank also came with some, some estimates. For example, if we are you know, on the path that we are now and we lose, for example, pollination, timber, or fisheries, then we could lose about 2.3% of GDP by 2030. And that's much smaller in high-income countries, but it, it can be up to 10% in some uh, low-income countries. So there are, it, it, but it's very clear that it's very important for the economy, and it's a, it's very probably a very large number that we underestimate. What I would add is there is kind of an intrinsic value of nature that that is very difficult to uh, to measure. So it's kind of a cultural value, or you know the the price just just for nature for being there, and the only the price that we can give is usually on the extraction, you know, the use of of, of all this. But I think we have to probably look also beyond that and acknowledge that there is a large part of the value that we can't really uh, uh measure um then the the, the risk for the companies is obviously is is you know manifold uh, it can be you know come from We have um you know the water storage we have these you know very uh warm summers that we just had and even switzerland where you know we have a lot of water then you know we, we had to be to, to start to be careful uh, then and if you lose biodiversity, you lose the ability of soil to, to capture the water, to, you know, to, to keep it and to store it and then, you know, feed it back to the, to the stream slowly. Uh, then that's obviously a big issue. You know, you can say a, a utility company doesn't, you know, doesn't have enough uh, water for, for a nuclear plant or something like this. And that's obviously a big issue. Uh, obviously, for all the food sector, it's uh, it's it's always a, b- a big problem with potentially with with, with pollination, soil fertility. Uh, the quality of the soil is uh, obviously different. So all of those, um, you know, of of, of those uh, nature services do uh, you know do provide uh, something that is potentially a problem uh, for, for for companies. And and I think that's probably we saw in the polls before. People don't look at it yet. You know, it's kind of taken for granted. Uh, but it will become clear that uh, you know it's uh, it, it it's an issue and and, and companies will uh, will will start reporting also on it. So it's 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 quite important. And finally, it's uh, there are opportunities because you know you you talk about you know doing a business that we could call regenerative would be you know, to produce something and at the same time have a positive impact on biodiversity. And I could give some examples, and I think consumer preferences are really going in that di- direction, and it's probably a big differentiator if you're today you know you're a brand and you say we are producing shoes or you know or, or, or something made of would look like like plastic, but actually comes from plastic that was captured from the ocean, and you use it to 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 make this product so that's a strong selling argument, probably maybe today it's more uh, you know people want to have it, but it might come into regulation uh later on but another big topic is regenerative agriculture today for, you know to cultivate we saw this monoculture and there's not much life you know in those in those culture you could actually improve it a lot and uh we, we also you know we heard about capturing carbon into the soil you can actually produce food while capturing carbon improving the quality of the soil and, of, of the of the food so it's good for your health it's good for the planet it's good for for, for nature everything and Um, There starts to be some labels like organic, regenerative that goes beyond organic, you know, and, uh, you know, start to take into account uh, a nature positive impact. And uh, there are some some IPOs or companies talking about it or, you know, already have quite advanced business models on that. And we are really, really looking forward to uh, potentially provide capitals for
1: these companies
3: to to grow in the future.
1: Uh, people, unfortunately, take decisions and invest mainly if there is a financial return in sight. How can you link biodiversity loss to investments in order to invert the trend?
4: I think that this is really something which uh, is going to be increasingly easy as regulatory frameworks and, and all of these uh, stakeholder expectations start prioritizing biodiversity. At yeah, that point, if, uh, again, taking the, the climate um Path that we've seen over the last decades, as an example, uh, companies that are mindful of their biodiversity impacts, typically negative, or possibly even uh, try to develop uh, business models that, that are regenerative, as uh, Gabrielle was mentioning, uh, increasingly will be uh, will benefit from from uh, better market performance. So th- this is something which I, I think we're starting to see now. It's maybe not. The, the most potent uh, incentive at the moment, but I, I think things are sh- are shifting quite fast. Really, just in the last three years, the the surge in interest and and, and conversations in investor circles among uh, companies in policy making circles has been really quite remarkable. I think this has been gone from being just a, a topic discussed uh, in in academia to to being uh, even if not fully understood. It's, it's complicated, uh, but the, the awareness uh, that we need to do more has uh, grown quite significantly. So I, I think. The, you know, to answer this question, that this is, the framework uh, around us is shifting quite quickly, and uh, even just with the, with the focus on even near-term performance, I think uh, you know, the, the stars are, are beginning to align in that direction.
1: How, how, what are the sort of measurement methodologies that, that are missing, and what's, what's the missing um, data sets that would help you to better incorporate biodiversity risks and opportunities into an investment process?
3: But that's the, the the big question. I mean we need to, to understand biodiversity better. And uh, we know there are different, you know, different dimensions, diversity of genes, diversity of species, diversity of ecosystem. And they are kind of all interrelated. And um there are quite a few measurement systems that 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 are there. We have our own, you know, that we have built along the, the planetary boundary framework. Biodiversity is one of the dimensions that we look at uh, in our in our investments. We have done that for now more, more than eight years. Um, and we we look at you know the impact on the on the whole on the whole value chain. For us, it's not uh, you know just what the company is doing in its own um, operations that matters, but it's really all the product that it has used that have you know been uh, uh, sourced uh, and then transformed into something else, and then the use of the product. So we really look from cradle to grave to to try to understand it. Our estimate is probably relatively rough um, today. And what we'll need much more is to have, you know, some kind of geolocalization or understanding of all these companies and all these value chains where where things were actually made and how they were, they, they were done. And that's an enormous undertaking, obviously, you know, blockchain technology could help or you have lots of, you know, data that could come from satellites, could come from lots of different local uh, measurements um, also. And um, you know probably we will need a metric that integrates as much as possible to to try to understand the, the the impact on on biodiversity. But it's not really there, I would say. You know something that 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 could help us doing it. And a lot of research has to be done on it, and it has to it has to improve uh, so that we can allocate our, our capital better. But we have a relatively good idea of which are the sectors, you know, where it's, where it's intensive in resources and that. Uh, cause damage to biodiversity and which are the ones or not and so far we see that the ones that damage less biodiversity just just outperform the others
1: what does it mean for picto to be part of the finbio uh, program as a founding partner and what do you expect the finbio program to deliver for you and your clients well i i think you know one
4: of the key the observations we have about with uh, the years of experience we have in uh, sustainable uh, responsible esg type investing is that uh, this is a multidisciplinary uh, approach that is needed we know uh, the economics uh, the financial side of things but uh, this only works if you have a, a very deep understanding of the environmental and social uh, factors that you're trying to take into account And so for us, it's clear, and this has been the approach, uh, Gabriel talked about the the partnerships we've had um, over the last decade, we need to be close to the the source of generation of insights. In in this uh, biodiversity area, I think it was alluded to, uh, which is a lot more complex than the climate debate. Climate is is a big challenge to to get uh, things moving, but it's actually a relatively simple uh, phenomenon to understand relative to biodiversity, which uh, has so many different uh, factors bearing on it um so for us it's uh, this is an opportunity uh really going in two directions first for us uh, to be uh you know helping to to make uh, such research happen um but being really close to the the, the insight generation so that we we can be relatively rapid to translate those insights into how we, we feel this uh, should be incorporated in an investment process at the same time we also think it's it's important to be able to provide feedback into the process because uh, the idea ultimately is uh, that the the research uh, should be impactful it should it shouldn't be done in a, in a way that is disconnected with the implementation realities uh, it should be something that ultimately financial sector uh, can uh, use more widely than than just uh, the the direct partners in this consortium. So uh, we feel that that two-way communication is very valuable. It's something which uh, uh, we see as a critical way also for us to to learn about these topics as an organization, to almost to be force-fed this this type of insight, uh, but also to contribute more in terms of the the overall uh, ecosystem, uh, to use that term, financial uh, ecosystem, uh, to the spreading of this knowledge.
1: How do we get more asset owners to take account of biodiversity related impacts we can have an impact i mean that's
3: our that's our goal through 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 different ways actually our goal is to link you know the environmental impact with the financial performance and we think the two uh, go go in in the same direction there are different ways for for us we invest you know in, in equities so we buy shares from from a company Uh, and usually a small amount of of, of this year. So you could wonder, you know, how much impact do we have on the the management or what we have? There are probably at least four impacts that we can can see. Uh, The first one would be that we own the the stock. So it kind of lowers the cost of capital uh, marginally, at least for for these companies. And for for them, you know, they have a higher stock price, uh, for, for example. So others that don't have such a good uh, biodiversity footprint see that and then they want to emulate it and they understand that the market is going there. That's quite important. Uh, then we provide capital to companies. Uh, usually we buy stocks you know, on the secondary markets, uh, stocks that are already there, but sometimes it's primary stock and it, that's something a company uses their growth so if there is we talked about plant-based food we participated in some some ipos in this space but we provided the capital to to companies that actually will have a a clear material impact on 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 biodiversity then we engage with companies uh, and that's quite important and more and more companies are asking also for advice so we think we can really partner with them uh, first on understanding what is their biodiversity footprint, you know, and telling them they, they need to measure it, on it. That's, uh, um, that, that is uh, very, very, very important. Uh, then once they understand that, they can actually change or transform their value change to uh, value chain to, to actually have less impact. Uh, and that is something that is, um, that, that is very important too. And then we think, uh, as, as was said before, we think they should actually go beyond that and through their operations, through the system, they have of land they have a lot of operations and they could actually start to to do uh, biodiversity positive projects uh, in the in, in these places and that could have an, another another impact and then we talk about the subject all the time to companies we talk with our clients so we think we have um, you know a role to uh, you know to to, to 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 talk about biodiversity say that it is important and the more people hear about it the more they will be aware of, of, of what it is. And we do that, you know, um, how can we get other asset owners? We have, uh, you know, obviously we have our clients. We talk to them. We talk about the issues. Uh, and then we're also on some, some groups, you know, of, um, of investors that we, where we discuss biodiversity and we discuss, you know, the metrics, how it should be done. Or We're in different working groups there. Um, so we hope, you know, the, the whole industry, we kind of move together forward to, to take into account the issues.
2: I think there's multiple it's shifting Uh, i think one thing that i can say having worked with food related issues and lots of different diverse colleagues for a number of years is that it's going to be it's tricky to get people to eat these things it's probably one of the things that are most entrenched uh, also in our cultures how we eat so from that point of view it's it's going to have to require probably a whole range of things certainly taxes for the way that we've used syntaxes taxes or sugar taxes uh, have that, that we've seen have worked certainly that has a role to play and um, there's been various studies uh, recently looking at that in different countries uh, but i don't think tax is the only way i think um, a lot of it has to do with you know availability of, of easy and accessible and affordable alternatives and for that you need new companies new products that actually you know, support that. But we also can see that this is not only about the primary producers. Uh, The food industry is, I think, particular in that way that, you know, the retailers are gatekeepers to consumers and they have to be on board. And I think as investors, it's really important that you push the retailers as well, because they play a fundamentally uh, crucial role in in what they also roll out and make available, um, what drives they have, and the fact that most retailers still today um, are using red meat uh, rebate or you know sales as a as a as a way to lure customers into the shops. That's that's a fact, and so they have a big role to play in how they shift. And where they how they product place and and the likes. So, I think engagement with those kinds of of companies in your portfolio as well is going to have to be part of it. So, what am I saying here? Uh, Taxes, yes, a role to play. I think a lot of the uh, big retailers have a a massive role to play because ultimately, as consumers, we are uh, very much a captive audience. And that's, that's also a fact. It's just, you can look at the U.S. where we have entire food deserts, you know, people are captured by what, what, what is on offer and what they can afford.
0: This episode featured Professor Beatrice Crona, Gabrielle Micheli and Steve Friedman. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening.